0: Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is Rick Wertz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we and equip dads to be faithful fathers as to prioritize physical presence, are engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. Uh, this is the third uh, and in a series of four podcasts that we're addressing uh, a construction project. Uh, a Construction project that emulates uh, Nehemiah, uh, the wall Nehemiah built in 445 BC, where he built a wall for the Israelites to uh, uh, that uh, didn't isolate them from the surrounding lands, but. It them from the surrounding lands because uh, too often they had allowed business to be conducted uh, seven days a week. Uh, they were more like the surrounding lands than they were uh, like the holy city that they were called to be, so Nehemiah was calling the Israelites to back to who they are and whose they are, and to live in a way that glorifies uh, the Father. So uh, we're going to continue that discussion. Uh, we've we've laid the foundation, a rock-solid foundation that is our relationship with Christ. We've built the walls to their height. That is our uh, our uh, ability to be more like Christ every day, and uh, we're going to discuss here the constructing and putting the gates in place that are analogous to uh, uh, the gates that, uh, again, Nehemiah, uh, he, would, he, he established the gates to close the gates on the Sabbath. They'd be open for business during the week, but then close the gates on the Sabbath. And uh, so we're going to talk about the gates as spiritual disciplines again in the studio with us today we're blessed to have mr. Dan Davis Dan is uh, serves on city council in Manville Texas is a uh, husband and uh, father of two Dan thanks for being here I'm
1: back and ready for action <laughs>
0: <laughs> well good because we got some gates to get busy on here because <laughs> we got to get these some guys put in place so we can uh, uh, get on with the program if uh, the dads were called to be but uh, I, I draw the the analogy to the spiritual disciplines because I think uh, men a lot of times when it comes to making those decisions to say no to that screen pop up and what have you. These are all spiritual disciplines that we have, too often our gates are flapping in the wind. They're not necessarily very secure. So we're gonna just kind of talk, talk through these a little bit that uh, again, I do it in groups of three because that seems to be uh, mer- marry up with what we're, what we're doing here. But uh, uh, what, we're, what we're talking about is the uh, uh, spiritual discipline specifically of time and prayer, time in scripture, and time fasting. And uh, I look at these three spiritual disciplines as as really foundational because they typically are very uh, prominent early in
1: our walk with
0: Christ. Have you found that to be the case?
1: I've absolutely found that to be the case. And I think... When we look at Scripture, we tend to see items in Scripture that stand out more to us whenever it has a direct application to what we might be experiencing in, in life. Mm-hmm. And Whenever my wife and I, when we were missionaries in Japan for almost a year, we were there with my son and my daughter was was born there, I would say for us at the time we were going through what could be deemed by some as a wilderness season mm-hmm. you get there and you're kind of shocked about where you are you're halfway across the world you don't speak the language you drive on the opposite side of the road we lived in a town that was surrounded by mountains and we lived there during winter and. Can not find clothes big enough to fit either me or my wife because she had a belly and my parents would have to ship them to us? And you're just like, God, why am I? Why am I here? What, well, yes,
0: we we women have tummies. They don't have bellies. Well, that, that well how tummy. she, she had she had
1: the pregnant, the pregnant <laughs> tummy, the tummy. Babe, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I apologize. But when we were there, I listened to a podcast and there was a man named Damon Thompson that was speaking on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the wilderness season. So I started reading about when Jesus went into the wilderness for, for 40 days, and he was praying, and he was, and he was fasting. And one of the things that Damon said in this podcast is he's like, many people begrudgingly enter or are begrudgingly uh, active in whatever might be their wilderness season. Mm. We try to fight against it. We try to get out of the wilderness as quick as possible. Mm. He's like, but we need to recognize that it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness in the first place, Mm. and that it was in the wilderness that Jesus was prepared for the greatest ministry that the world has ever seen. So instead of fighting against your wilderness season, instead of begrudging your wilderness season, embrace it accept it Mm -hmm. thrive in the wilderness be the flower that blossoms up in the in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and the way that you do that is by reflecting and emulating what jesus did when he was in the wilderness Mm -hmm. which he prayed and he he fasted Mm -hmm. because it's in those moments that you strip yourself to your bare minimum and it's just you and god that he can really shape you, inform you, and he can show you the areas that you're weak and the areas that you're strong and he can really work on you and work on your nature and your humanity to prepare you for whatever that might be in the future, mm-hmm. whatever he has in, in store for you. Mm-hmm. And whenever we were in Japan, I would spend three or four hours a day just in the in the room and just and just praying until the wife came and knocked on the door and said, Babe, I need a break. You gotta come take care of the, the <laughs> kiddo and and we would balance, we would balance that. But It was during that time in japan where for us there was a lot of confusion about why we were there even though we were doing some incredible things Mm -hmm. but when we started to focus on praying and fasting there was a lot of clarity that was brought to us and there was a lot of comfort doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it was easy Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it wasn't trying but there was a comfort that all right, God's got us. Yeah, we're, that's we're a, good.
0: That's a great analogy, of Matthew four, of what you're talking about. Where, uh, uh, and Jesus did. He prayed and he fasted. And of course, he was the Word, so he took all care of all he was three good. of these. He was good, and of course, he did face his greatest temptation, uh, facing the devil face to face. And uh, so, those that's you know, a lot of folks think that Jesus was famished during that time, and I would argue that he was the strongest during that time because he would just gotten the spiritual. Uh, conditioning that prepared him for a spiritual battle with the devil, and uh, so I, I agree all the way that uh, th- these are unique disciplines. Uh, people, you know, if you're depending on what denomination you're in, uh, say a Methodist, the the denomination of the. Covered dish supper. Fasting isn't a real popular topic, but uh, you know you can fast in a lot of ways, be it from technology or whatever. But fasting uh, on a regular basis, I think, is a tremendous discipline. And and what I have found, and maybe you can share, that you know, as you focus on that wilderness experience, you're gaining wisdom uh, to be the servant the Lord is calling you to be. Would you agree with that?
1: I would definitely agree that about that specifically, because you're learning more about who you are as a mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Anytime that you go through a trying season and a difficult season in life, you find out what you're made of. Mm-hmm. And in sports, they talk about when you get into the fourth quarter and it's a close game and there's, you know, 2 minutes left on the clock. We'll use a football analogy and your team has the, has the ball or maybe your team's on on defense and it's, you know, make or break. It's this is this is going to win the game or lose or lose the game for us. The coaches would yell and scream in your face and say, "All right, it's time to find out what you're what you're made of." Because it's in those trying times that you can see who's going to step up mm-hmm. and who's going to wither or wither away. Mm-hmm. And from being a, a servant aspect, it's in those trying moments where... If we step up, we can learn how to be the servant that Christ wants us to be. Sure. And at times, we're going to make mistakes. Look, I've been on fasts, and it gets to like day three of the fast, and you're like, All right, "I can't do this anymore," and then you just go splurge on donuts and coffee or whatever it is that you <laughs> want. For me, it's cookie dough. That's my that's my go to. That's, that's my part price. Of the fast. Is breaking the fast. Is <laughs> breaking the fast, and then you eat, and then you feel a little guilty <clears throat> afterwards, and you're like, "Man, why would I break it? I probably could have stuck it through." Mm-hmm. But then God's there saying, "Hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Just try. Just try again." Mm-hmm. You've got this. Don't 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 worry.
0: <laughs> well, the next three gates I like to discuss are uh, the next three spiritual disciplines that are analogous to the gates that uh, we referenced for Nehemiah are uh, worship, journaling, and uh, studying the Word. Uh, and and I, I feel like these were again foundational, kind of a next step. Once you once you gain some wisdom, you wanted some. Uh, Idea of, of what it is that the Lord is really up to in your life. Did you find that uh, worship and study of the Word of God and and then journaling might have uh, did that provide any insight for you?
1: These are these are beautiful disciplines. And for my generation as millennials, we don't journal that much. We type on a computer instead, or we'll speak into <laughs> speak into our our, our, <laughs> our phone. Still no, yeah. my my wife loves loves to journal. I'm not as big into journaling, but I love to I love to study. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite scripture verses is that we don't study to teach ourselves approved. We don't study to preach ourselves approved, but we study to to show ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what studying is, and that's mm-hmm. a big part of studying. It's when you study, you're not necessarily doing it for something specific, but mm-hmm. you're doing it to grow. You're doing it to learn. You're doing it to mature in your relationship with Christ, and then that also helps you mature in your relationship with your kids as being as being a father. Mm-hmm. It's because when you study, you you begin to receive revelation that it, it talks about in the Bible that the the riches of heaven are opened up to us as being sons of Christ as stepping into that inheritance that the unlimited access to the knowledge of Christ becomes available to us but mm-hmm. there's a part of it where faith without works is dead mm-hmm. that I have to actually do my part and I have to study or through worship we enter the throne room of, of God and we mm-hmm. actually step we step into that mm-hmm. And so I love to study. That's one of my favorite things to do, study the Bible, study things in general as a councilman, studying drainage plans and tax rate proposals and reading through 380 agreements, which is like a refunding mechanism for taxes. like That stuff, it's just what I'm passionate about. It's what God created me to do. And I've found that when I spend time on my own studying, that I am prepared— whatever God has in store for me mm-hmm. and because I've studied whenever I step into a council meeting or whenever I'm at a store and somebody comes up to me and they ask me a question about whatever the topic might be you know mm-hmm. there's some absolutely random questions that people will ask you that you've filled yourself up in such a way that you are prepared to answer them in the manner that's most appropriate at that at that time. Mm-hmm. And so my approach has always been studying the Bible, making sure that you have the biblical worldview perspective mm-hmm. and then also studying the different things that are applicable to your life based off
0: where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that's all part of the uh, discerning process in it on, on what that we are obedient to the uniqueness that the Lord has uh, built us for so uh, if the first three disciplines of, uh, of uh, prayer scripture and fasting are the wisdom to be the servant then uh, this this idea of a worship study and journaling uh, allows us to begin to discern exactly how he wants us to serve in our unique giftedness so the following three are a little bit different. I, I always introduce uh, uh, submission number one, uh, then frugality, which is another that uh, that's something my bride and I always discuss. Uh, she's, she shows us I'm more frugal than you are, and uh, and then and then finally stewardship of whether it's resources or whether it's gifts. Uh, have you found yourself? Uh, it sounds like you found what you're supposed to be doing. You feel that that uh, has has provided some insight for you as well.
1: What I've seen is that stewardship is probably the one that. As men, we tend to struggle with the the most, especially if we look at what's happening in society right now with with spiritual leaders that have failed to steward the platforms that mm-hmm. God have God has given them. One of my mentors is a man by the name of Doug Stringer, mm-hmm. and Doug Stringer talks about finishing well and finishing strong, and mm-hmm. that as Christians or men, you know, we'll apply this to men specifically, but it could apply for for women as well, for anyone that. When we are given these opportunities or we're given these these platforms or these microphones where people are looking to us, even if it's ju- your kids, maybe it's you're a teacher at school, maybe you're a leader of a company, mm-hmm. you're a politician. Mm-hmm. Many times we have failed to steward that and our lack of proper stewardship has provided the enemy, the devil, these opportunities in order to, you know, uh, Create these cracks, or expound or expand upon these cracks that are there because the fault foundation is a little bit is a little bit faulty. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in my own life that I've struggled with stewardship, stewardship mm-hmm. with finances, stewardship with the opportunities that are presented Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And it's something where, as we've talked about, you have to recognize areas that you've struggled and areas that you've fallen short. And you have to study, you have Mm -hmm. to pursue, you have to seek knowledge and wisdom on how can I get better Mm -hmm. in this this area? Mm -hmm. We all have giftings, we all have callings. It's Mm -hmm. just, how are we gonna steward that? Mm -hmm. And as fathers, how are we gonna help our children steward Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. right now in our house as we've been using in these podcasts we've been using construction analogies and so i've been working through my honey do list taking taking care of things in the house and we're replacing some of our lights right now with with recessed lights Mm -hmm. so i'm having to take out these junction boxes and you look it up on YouTube, you make sure you're going to do everything correctly, and you're like, all right, I got this. I purchased the right ones, got home, measured everything out. So you start taking the light apart, and then now it's time to take off the junction box. And the way that it's working for my house is you got to unscrew a few things, and then it should be just, you know, pop up, and then you can move it over in your, in your ceiling. Well, each one that I've done is different. One just easily moves up. One is a different connection type. One is nailed into the side of a two by four that's in the ceiling, and it's just each one's different. And you're frustrated, and you're like, "My goodness, why can't this just be be easy?" And you, but you're learning things mm-hmm. with each mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and you keep trying, you keep pushing. And the way that I think about it from a stewardship perspective is with our uh, children. Mm-hmm. Each child is different. Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep trying you just got to keep working you don't relent and you don't give up and i believe god smiles upon that from a stewardship perspective yeah
0: yeah and i uh, for me, personally, uh, person I had to submit uh, for, that was the toughest one for me, was submission. You know, I, I think a lot of men, uh, you know, particularly the home I grew up in, I I blame the situation for a while. Well, that doesn't work very long, but then you can overcome the situation. And the world sometimes uh, validates an overcomer. You know, you can notch up some victories, and the world says, boy," and then you, you gain some momentum, and, and before, no, you know, you fought, 20, 30 years as an overcomer, Uh, but it isn't really until we submit to the Father, to the Heavenly Father, and submit to the Lordship of Jesus the Christ over us. That I began to understand that I needed to be more frugal and a better steward of everything because I thought I was just you know surviving in the world, right? So instead of uh, providing and surviving, I was learning how to serve and uh, and uh, and and steward the gifts. So that's a great analogy, and uh, that that uh, your, your perseverance in uh, in the uh, in the junction box story that's uh, lines up with the final. Uh, uh, gate here.
1: Well, I'm only, is, I'm only halfway through. I got five more to go, and I told the wife I tackled them this week. Well, so let's talk next week, and we'll see how they I'm, go. I'm glad we're hitting <laughs> the last discipline then, is perseverance.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, how, how do you know? You know, that's the, the perseverance is keeping on, keeping on, even when it, it doesn't look all that easy. Uh, so, how would you, uh, uh, you know, in back in in your ministry and in, in your work? Uh, how, how do you, uh, make sure I, I, you know, the, the thing we always fear as men is I, I want to get the, when I meet the Lord, I want to know that I've done what he called us to do, that I've, I've been in the right forest. You know, when you're in there chopping the trees, you may. Be very busy and, and doing the right thing. You may find out that you're in the wrong forest, right? So you're you're chopping down trees in the wrong place. So your your efforts aren't as as focused on and in line with what the Lord is calling you to do. When you persevere, how do you validate that you're absolutely on the right track and you're you're fighting for the right purposes?
1: I think that's a, a fantastic question. So I, I run marathons. I'm a I'm a runner, and I love running marathons. I'm sure you could tell by my great physique. <laughs> But
0: I got over that. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: One of the things about marathons is, is that, you know, it's not going to be an easy journey. Mm-hmm. You Start off first seven to 10 miles. You're kind of in the groove miles 10 to 14. You know, you're kind of all right. You start to feel it a little bit. And for most people between miles 15 to 17 is when you hit a the wall, wall. The wall and then you kind of got to push through. And then about mile 23, 24 is when your adrenaline kicks in again because, you know, you're almost at you're almost at the finished. Mm. And knowing that you are persevering in the area that God wants you to persevere is by making sure that you're following the the roadmap and also making sure that you've surrounded yourself with the right people who will help point you in the right direction. Because on a race, they have the the routes mapped up, and you have people that are cheering on the side they are saying "keep going." And but you do have some in the crowd that are like, "Oh yeah, you're, the finish is only a mile away. It's right around the corner." And they'll yell at you saying that, and you're looking at your watch. You're like, "I'm only two miles in. What are you What are you talking about?" <laughs> so you don't listen to those people, mm-hmm. but you got to listen and surround yourself with with the right people. And I think a big big piece of this is keeping an ear an open ear to hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. And the way that you do that is by what we've talked about, this disciplines of studying, of worshiping, of of fasting, Mm -hmm. of submitting. Mm -hmm. If we apply those principles in our life, it will help us to have a better ear to hear what God's saying. It will also help us to be more keenly aware of who we're surrounding ourselves with because I would hope that the people I've surrounded myself with will hold me accountable to make sure that I'm persevering Mm -hmm and pushing and remaining steadfast in the areas that I'm supposed to. That if I start to drift off path, not only will I hear God telling me, but these other people will be speaking into my life saying, you know what, Dan, you've got to refocus. You've got to reprioritize. It's great that you're pushing. It's great that you're motivated, but you've got to reorient yourself a little bit.
0: Well said, Dan, and that's uh, great advice. And, dads, I hope you're listening because we just hit Ten spiritual disciplines. We talked about how uh, time and prayer, scripture, and and fasting uh, allows us to build and establish a wisdom to be the servant God calls us to be. We talked about worship, uh, study, and journaling, helping uh, helping us discern along the way what it is the Lord wants to do through us. And then finally, you had the submission and the frugality and stewardship is the discipline to actually do what you're called to do. And and the last one is uh, you know life is a marathon, so as you persevere, keep on keeping on confident that you are listening to God's voice, always following through the disciplines now dads, I'm not saying you have to practice all ten disciplines religiously, I just said I would encourage you to, to look through and uh, again point you to our website, faithfulfathering.org, hit the four dads button and uh, go down and and find this study and, and study up on those disciplines and if there's one or two you can start to embrace to a new level just take a step, one step at a time, but uh, so So as you do that, uh, you'll you'll be contagious with what's going on in your home. Uh, Let your kids catch you reading that Bible, and uh, that uh, that'll set the foundation for what they need to see. So, uh, as always, that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Thanks for being here, Dan. God bless and Godspeed.